0: Wow! Good morning! Good morning! It is Monday, and believe it or not, 1130 a.m., 94.1, Wave 94. And you're listening to Escape. Escape to Heaven, Servant Marcia, from Heaven on Earth Ministries of Jesus Christ. And I sound and feel a little sober today. I don't know. I've been thinking about the Lord the great creator and the fact that his love for you and i is bigger it's more phenomenal than i personally know how to explain i've begun realizing that his covenant with us is not dependent upon you and i it's more dependent on himself the fact that he is You know, there was a person in the Bible, I believe it was Moses, that said, Lord, you're sending me, but who do I say you are? And he said, I am that I am. Anyway, the essence of that phrase is God was here in the beginning. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word is God. That's where we're starting today. God's covenant with the woman's seed from the beginning of the formation of the image of the Godhead, which is mankind, then the fall of mankind. Then we have various covenants of God uh, in his effort to restore mankind back to the original intent of creation. There are two covenants that come to mind that have everlasting consequences or implications or fulfillment. And that is the Abrahamic covenant, which was given directly or designed for the Israelites, which would come out of the loins of Abraham. And then there's the new covenant, which again relates back to the Abrahamic covenant prophesied by Jeremiah to one man, one man, which is the Jews and the Gentiles alike. And this covenant was affirmed, for lack of a better word, by Jesus, by his blood, the sprinkling of his blood, by his death, by the cross of Calvary. The will or the testament became effective for all whose heart is inclined to be obedient To the will of the creator, to lay your will down and to instead pick up the will of the creator. So that's a mouthful, but um, that is um, what we're going to talk about today. How do we, as um, the woman seed, walk in this covenant that God has created actually for our benefit and our benefit alone? So we look over in Genesis, the 17th chapter, verse number 7, and that would give us the original Abrahamic covenant. And it said, I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed after thee and their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto them and to thy seed after thee. And I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee the land wherein thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. And God said unto Abraham, Thou shalt keep my covenant therefore thou and thy seed after thee in their generation. So covenant is not as simplistic as you know, saying we're in a covenant, it does, in fact, ha- have an action attached to it. And literally, I would venture to say on both parts, I mean, it's not enough that God himself has put himself on front street, but also the beneficiaries of the covenant, in this case, the Abrahamic seed had to keep their covenant with the Lord. That would be evident by an action that they would have to take. Over in Genesis 17, chapter verses 10 through 13, it says, This is my covenant, which ye shall keep between me and you and thy seed after thee. Every man child among you shall be circumcised. So what does that mean? You shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall be a token of the covenant between me and thee. I'm going to talk about this. And he that is eight days old shall be circumcised among you, every man child in your generations. He that is born in the house or bought with money of any stranger, which is not of thy seed. He that is born in thy house and he that is bought with thy money must needs be circumcised and my covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant now let's talk about that so here's some key issues the man child not the woman child not the female child among you shall be circumcised why? think about it the seed is carrot of our DNA that no, we're made by is carried in the man, so it is the man that puts his his sperm or his self, his essence into the womb of the woman, and thus a child is created. So we all carry the DNA of our father, the blood of our father, the the image of our father, the fact that we're able to replicate you know, and then still become an individual, indi- an individual. All of this comes through the seed. Also, the other point to look at is that part of our being, physical being, is where the fruitfulness. So a man, fruitfulness is measured initially by the fact that he's created life. So you can, a man, can acquire wealth And that is okay, but that is not the ultimate test of fruitfulness and multiplication. There has to be, because if you do not have a descendant after you, then most likely whatever you've generated during your time of life is going to be given away to other entities and other individuals who are not from your bloodline. So this is why the Lord says, through this covenant, that whatever is produced out of the Israelites, it would be a replication of God himself. Because why? He's putting himself inside their flesh. And we're going to see this happen again with the covenant that comes through Jesus Christ. Notice in Exodus 24, blood is needed to seal or close the covenant with God. Moses had to take the blood, sprinkle it on the people. That's a different covenant. It's a covenant of performance uh, by the Israelites that they would adhere to the law of God and God would in turn release blessings upon them. And so when they would have the sacrifice, Moses would take that blood of the lamb and sprinkle it upon the people as he read the word and the law of God given to him. And um, when does God make a covenant with you and I, looking at how he moved with the Israelites, how he interacted with them? It's normally when we are small in our own eyesight and and everyone else. It literally takes faith to receive the covenant of God. So when we have prophetic words that are released to us, it won't come when we're big and self-assured. It will come when we're going in. The valley, When we're going through this, that, and the other, when we do not feel that we are worthy, yet God will have a prophet or someone under the anointing uh, to release a word from the Father into our lives. And now we have to walk in faith to nurture the word that has been released. And over in Psalms 105, it says, Oh, you seed of Abraham his servant, you children of Jacob, his chosen. He is the Lord, our God. His judgments are in all the earth. This is over in Psalms 105. And it says, starting at the seventh verse, he that remembereth his covenant forever, the word which he commanded to a thousand generations, which covenant he made with Abraham and his oath Unto Isaac, and he confirmed the same unto Jacob for a law, unto Israel for an everlasting covenant, saying, Unto thee will I give the land of Canaan, the lot of your inheritance. When they were but a few men in number, yea, very few strangers actually in the land, when they went from one nation to another, from one kingdom to another. He suffered, meaning he allowed no man to do them wrong. Yea, he reproved kings for the sake of the Israelites, saying, touch not mine anointed and do my prophets no harm. So God takes that same approach with believers, with the redeemed, with the remnant, with you and I, Those that have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, God takes that same approach with you. No matter where you are, no matter what stage of your transformation that you're in, as you are no longer being conformed to this world, but instead becoming closer with the Creator, our Father, God will not allow you to be utterly destroyed. And he will reprove those that touch you. Because why? You are his anointed. The Abrahamic covenant, what is it? It's a unilateral covenant that God made with Abraham. That means that even though there's two parties, there is one party that actually have the responsibility to perform. So God was the one that was required to really keep this covenant. The only thing that the Israelites had to do was not to submit to another God, but to basically stay committed unto God the Father, the creator of mankind. And so it's found over there in Genesis, Abraham, was his name was not Abraham, it was Abram. And he was from the Mesopotamia, uh, a descendant of Noah through Shem. And when God called out to him, he said, come out from among them, go from your country. So God will call us out of sin, out of that, that we're most comfortable with. He'll call us even from our family. And as he told Abraham, I will make of you a great nation. I'll bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you and anyone that dishonor you. I will not. I will curse them. So this is, in essence, the Abrahamic covenant, that all the families of the earth will be blessed. And we know that that has happened through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And then even materialistically, and right now today, many of the inventions and health cures are coming out of Israel. So the Lord made this Abrahamic covenant. It has three parts to it. The promise of the land is number one, um, that it would be many generations uh, that would have full possession of it, that there's also the promise of descendants being numerous as the sand on the seashore or the stars in the sky. And finally, the third part of this covenant is that God would bring blessing and redemption to all people. Through Abraham's seed. And then, you know, the Abrahamic covenant is um, an everlasting covenant. Because why? It extends into the future kingdom of Christ Jesus. Ezekiel, the prophet, he prophesied that there would be a day when Israel would be fully restored to the entire length of that promised land, because that has not happened as of yet, even as of today. Uh, Israel will be restored, will be blessed and redeemed. But more importantly, all mankind, because of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, the first, the only begotten of the creator, because of him, who is a descendant of Abraham, you and I today have the promise of God, the new covenant operating in our life. And then what is the new covenant? <laughs> okay, so the new covenant because of um the death of Jesus is that um we will we will be able to comply or adhere or follow or be inclined to the laws that God Himself gave mankind or to the lifestyle that God has asked us to follow because through following the law and and the commandments and the statues and so forth, we are literally putting ourselves in reconciliation with God and thus alignment so that through obedience, by us so that we can have all of the blessings released unto us. Uh, the most important element of the new covenant is the blood of Jesus Christ. Um, in the Old Testament, as we talked about, blood sacrifices were required for cleansing and atonement. But under the new covenant, Jesus Christ, He provided His own body on the cross as a sacrifice. And for once, As we read Hebrew, it purified all things for those that have faith in what he had done. So God did away with the old covenant. He made the new covenant and Christ's blood. And according to that, the terms of the new covenant, God would forget about our sins. He would be merciful. He would literally put his law, which we could not do prior to Jesus Christ, in our minds. So we will we would have the mind of Jesus Christ, which is demonstrated by him being obedient even unto death. When he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he did not want to die. Yet the mind that God gave him had him put his will down and pick up the will of God to save mankind. And that is the same mind that you and I will have because of or have now Because of the new covenant and the fact that he put his word in our hearts. So even when we're disobedient, we're pricked by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so, in John 14, that Holy Spirit indwells in us who have faith. He's leading us. He's guiding us. He's our comforter and our teacher. Amen. So, now that the new covenant is in effect, we we have the ability to receive the gift of salvation and, and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. We have the right to become the sons of God. Amen? Which the entire creation is waiting for you and I to manifest fully in the earth realm so that God's presence, His glory would be fulfilled throughout the entire earth. Amen. So, the wages of sin is death. But because of the new covenant and the blood of Jesus, the eternal King, the King of Kings, Lord of Lords, provides redemption from sin and freedom from the penalties of the Mosaic covenant. Amen. So, We have that free gift of God, which is eternal life in Christ Jesus. I'm so grateful for that new covenant because through the new covenant, we are in fact able. That's how we're able to escape to heaven. Amen. Uh, God remembers his covenant throughout a thousand generations. Over in Jeremiah, 31st chapter, it says, That the Lord said, I will be the God of all the families of Israel, and they shall be my people. Thus said the Lord, we're going back and looking at the example that Israel gave us of how God manages and keeps his covenant. The Lord said, the people which were left of the sword found grace in the wilderness. So even Israel, when I went to cause them to rest, And then the Lord appeared to the prophet Jeremiah and said about Israel how he had loved them with an everlasting love and with loving kindness did he draw them to him. But they could not keep the covenant. So through Jeremiah, God prophesied, but I will have a new covenant. Uh, I will put my law in their inward parts, that mean their spirit and in their mind. I will write it in their hearts. I will be their God and they shall be my people. And no one will have to teach anyone because why? I'll be inside of them. I'll teach them myself from the least to the greatest. I will forgive their iniquity. I will remember their sin no more. Thus said the Lord. So he makes this promise or covenant prophesied by Jeremiah. Listen how he puts his own name behind it. Thus said the Lord, which giveth the sun for a light by day, and the ordinance of the moon and of the stars for a light by night, which divided the seeds when the waves thereof roar. The Lord of hosts is his name. And God himself says, if this, if I don't perform this, if these ordinances depart from before me, said the Lord, then the seed of Israel also shall cease from being a nation before me forever. So you and I know every day that you go outside and you look up there and you see the sun or at nighttime you see the stars and the moon. You know that God himself has promised to keep this this eternal covenant with the people of Israel. But likewise he has done it also for you and I through Jesus Christ. In Jeremiah, the 33rd chapter, it says God cannot break his covenant. Thus said the Lord, if you can break my covenant of the day and my covenant of the night and that there should not be day and night, what he's trying to say is if day and night do not come, then my covenant can be broken. But as long as day and night is coming, my covenant cannot be broken. And then in Ephesians How did the Gentiles get in? That's you and I, those that cannot clearly say that we are genetically of the seed of Abraham. If you cannot clearly say to yourself, go back through generations or look at yourself in the mirror and kind of feel that you came from the Abrahamic seed through Zeth. You know, we all came through Noah, but did you come through Zeth? That's the question, which of the three sons did you come through? So if you did not come through that, then you are a Gentile, okay? Most likely. So wherefore, remember that you being in time past Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands. What does that mean? The Israelites look at you and I and say, they're uncircumcised, Okay, because they're the circumcised in the flesh, that at that time you were without Christ being aliens from the commonwealth of who? Israel. Israel is the one that have the covenant with God and strangers from the covenants of promise that God made with them. Having no hope without God, the creator in your life. But now, this is in the Bible in Ephesians, second chapter. In Christ Jesus, you which were sometimes far off are now made near by the blood of Christ, meaning that you now have access to God the Creator to have a covenant, covenant, covenant relationship with Him through Jesus Christ. And what does Jesus Christ bring? He brings grace. And truth. And even though... Uh, some people say, well, he didn't bring the law, but then Jesus himself says, I came and I fulfilled the law. So as we live our lives, walking after the spirit and walking in agreement with Christ Jesus, we naturally began to fulfill the things of the law. We don't go out to kill. We don't go out to steal. We don't try to lie without us realizing Holy Spirit living inside of us brings us into obedience unto the things of God. Um, in Hebrew, a chapter, I believe it says, but now hath he obtained Jesus a more excellent ministry by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant, which was established upon better promises. For if that the first covenant had been faultless, there should be no need to have a second one. But finding fault with the first one, he said, Behold, the days come, said the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt because they did not continue in my covenant and I I regarded them not, said the Lord, as participants of the covenant. Because why? They, they literally took other gods in their heart. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days," said the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts. A new covenant, which will get rid of the old. And over in Hebrews, the 12th chapter, it says how Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, unto the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that. Of Abel, So the covenant of Jesus carries much more weight, much more uh, validity, much more power, much more strength, a greater participant in the covenant between mankind and God, okay, uh, than the blood of Abel, than the blood of even the lambs and the sheep and the goat that the priests were using to, co- to perform the sacrifices before the Lord. C that you and I refuse not him whose blood is speaking on our behalf because of those that um, refused him that spake on earth. So that to me, that would mean the blood of Abel, as it went into the earth, it began to speak against Cain. And do you understand that Cain did not escape his punishment? Cain and his lineage suffered and has been suffering until Jesus came to give all mankind access to the Father again. Even the seed of Cain can be reconciled unto the Father. But did they escape judgment or punishment? The answer is no. Matter of fact, the blood of mankind that spilled into the earth and under Enoch spoke about um, how uh, the blood of mankind cried out to heaven and the angels went before God, Michael, and so forth and said, Lord, what should we do? Because the blood of mankind is speaking against the atrocities of the fallen angel. And guess what? Those fallen angels were punished. Their seed was destroyed. Their seed only lasted 500 years in the earth realm, not the eternity that the angels thought that their seed would have. And additionally, those that were in leadership of that rebellion and the rebellion I'm specifically talking about was to mate with mankind and create a new race upon the earth that was both angelic and, you know, from the earth, those angels were punished and are still in punishment today. They have been sealed under the earth. So that's what Hebrews The 12th chapter is saying is that if we reject the blood of the Lamb, we are to expect that there would be consequences for us, for those that are considered the redeemed, but yet subsequently rejected the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Over in Hebrews, the 13th chapter, it says, Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead, our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ. So saints of God, Those in Radio Land, I want you to understand that Jesus died, gave his blood for you and I, yet we have a part to play in this new covenant. Our faith has to keep us in covenant with God. And so, even though as we live life and we go through the various valleys and tribulations, trials, and tests, through it all, we still must believe that Jesus Christ is, in fact, the mediator of this new covenant. We must have Jesus in us when we pass from this earth to the eternal life. Or as we're living in this earth, we must have Jesus. Why? Because grace is in Jesus. So without grace, we cannot come to the Father because why? You and I do not have the personal capacity to live as the Lord has access to live, but through Jesus Christ. We receive the power of the Holy Spirit and the grace of Jesus. Father God, I pray for those in radio land today. I pray for myself, Lord God, to remain faithful, Lord, to this covenant, this eternal everlasting covenant that you have extended and offer to the seed of the woman. God, there is a prophetic word that you yourself has, have uttered in the earth realm that we are compelled to to adhere to. We have been chosen. We are ordained. We are royal priesthood that have been given the power to subdue the kingdom of darkness in the earth realm and to replenish this earth with your image. I thank you, Lord God. I ask you to let this prayer go through, prick our hearts, empower us even the more fresh anointing, Lord God, to follow your will and to lay ours down. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. You're listening to Escape to Heaven because you can. God bless you. Believe Jesus. Receive Jesus. And get on board for this new adventure that the Lord has for you. God bless you. Amen.